Hi, and welcome to Screens in Focus podcast, where we share and connect as we spotlight our favorite shows and movies. I'm Diana, and today we're talking about Fear the Walking Dead Season 7, Episode 12, and our recommendations on Metal Lords, Star Trek, Strange New Worlds, Hunter Hunter, and more. Hi, Margaret. How are you today? Oh, Diana, it's Tuesday. Feels like Monday, man. I'm wiped. How are you? Uh, wiped? You shouldn't be wiped by Monday or Tuesday. You still have to get get the whole week. The rest of the week, yeah, I Yeah, the rest of the week, exactly. Let's just say I worked all weekend long, so now uh, I'm, I'm on, like, I don't know, day 10, so, hmm. yeah, of my work week. Well, it's been a full day for you, especially after a three-hour mowing your lawn. <laughs> I didn't do a three. No, I only did a third of it, so it's only oh, an hour only of did it. Third. Still, <laughs> still. Okay, so let's get to our question of the day. In Fear the Walking Dead, we see John Dory Sr. fall off the wagon by taking a drink again because he um gets promoted <laughs> and so he gets he gets Howard's uh things and part of that is the booze that's there so John Dory begins to drink and uh, I was trying to figure out what he was drinking I saw that it said Thurston's on there so I don't know. he was really enjoying it I can say that so I would like to know and the question of the day is what is your favorite alcoholic or non-alcoholic drink oh my legacy well <laughs> you can tell no. me your legacy too no i just wanted to say maybe that. it's a drink <laughs> to perfect the margarita yes. that's actually my my favorite drink and we just had cinco de mayo so i'm right in sync with you know culturally festivities all that stuff although i did not have a margarita <sighs> alas i did not get to have one but i really like them i think they're just so good but it's got to be good tequila not the crap tequila because yeah. i have a headache you know the colored yeah. stuff i think gives me a headache the clear mm -hmm. stuff does not so yeah how that translates to price tag i don't know because i usually just go to the bar <laughs> Yeah, like I'm, <laughs> I'm a barfly. No, I'm not. <laughs> but I wish we weren't so far away from each other because I would love to go have a margarita with you. <laughs> that would be so much fun. Me too. That would be so much fun. You're right. It, it would be. Yeah. Uh, a pitcher. We get a pitcher. We will. Okay. That's our new mission. Our goal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I do have another drink I'm going to bring up and tell you in just a second, but I will say the household favorite drink is margarita. It's something oh. that we all agree on. And yes, of course, when we go out to eat and we're all having Mexican food or, or whatever it may be, we all enjoy in our margaritas. But for special occasions for me, I really love lemon drops. Oh, My, I've never had that. Oh, they're so good. I just love them. I love them. They're in the martini glass and they're just, oh. they're just super yummy. There's not yeah. a lot of it, right? So I can only take my yeah. little sips because it'll, it'll go fast, <laughs> but um, I enjoy it. And it's like my, my top drink. So. Wow. I'll have to try that lemon drop thing. I'm not. Um... Oh yeah. You should try it. I think you'd probably, well, I think you'd probably like it. I yeah. probably would. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely. very, very yummy. It's very sweet and tart. Oh, so, but it's, it's good. 
It's yeah. Good. People try it. <laughs> and tell us, we would love to know what is your favorite alcoholic or non-alcoholic drink? By the way, my best non-alcoholic drink is coffee. I love coffee. Oh, I love coffee too. Yeah. Anyways, uh, you can leave us a comment on social media, our website, or email at screensinfocus at gmail.com. Would love to hear from you. The links are in the show notes. All right. So Fear the Walking Dead, Season 7, Episode 12, Sunny Boy. Damn, another great character bites the dust. Ugh, <laughs> killing me. Nobody's going to be a Walking Dead guy, so we'll see him. He just won't be talking. No. He'll be moaning and no. groaning. <laughs> and Charlie looks Charlie looks like she's not that far behind. Really, she doesn't. I, like, you know, I didn't see that at all. Yeah. They didn't. Well, yeah, they showed her in the bed and she, I didn't even recognize her. She was like calling out for June and she's all, June. And then anyway, she's on her deathbed. She is. Strand continues to spiral with paranoia and seeking his legacy and people keep getting tossed off the top of the tower. Yeah, it is like gross. crazy. Yes. Yeah. So what did you think of this episode? Well, after the last episode, I really thought we were on a roll here. And I was fairly disappointed because I thought that some of the scenes were not as tight as they could have been. The action was not as intense. And I don't, I don't know. I, you know, because I like both the characters, John and June, separately. But together in the basement with the water and then the baby in the box, I mean, and then this fence that they're using to guard themselves yeah. i just it just was a little slow not intense and just a little just not like it norm it's like what's wrong with everybody did you take a sleeping pill i mean it just was not it could have been so much better maybe it's the way it was shot i'm not sure other than that i thought it was kind of interesting with the whole strand working john and then howard just being howard and he, his whole person was revealed after he had said that he falsified all that information about the Alamo, the paperwork, the historian that he supposedly is, and the wife left him. So with the kid, and it just kind of, so, it was just so sad. I mean, so pathetically sad that somebody yeah. would go through all that just for attention, for notoriety. Once again, probably Mr. Narcissist. And he, then he was found out and everything was, you know, yanked from him. So he's on his own little path down the dreary. And so it doesn't surprise me that he'd be throwing people off the, off the roof, even if, you know, he's being instructed to do so. Um, Cause he's just out to prove something, you know, for what his own edification, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't enjoy it as much as I did the last episode. But did you, what did you think? I mean, really? I totally get what you're saying. And when I first watched it, I was confused about a lot of the scenes. And you're right about that scene with them down with um, baby Mo in that area. I'm like, what's happening? I had all these questions. I kept saying, what's happening? What are they saying? What are they doing? I don't understand. 
why is June saying this? Why is John Dory saying that? I just, it was weird. I don't know if it was the writing, the directing, what it was exactly, but something was off also. But I went back and watched it, of course, a second time. And the second time, and you shouldn't have to watch something a second time. (laughs) But for me, I did gain clarity in watching it the second time. I understood where they were coming from, what they were saying, what their intentions were. So um, so yeah, my second time around was so much better. It really was. And I think what stuck out to me, of course, was John Dory, how that theme of legacy that we talked about earlier played a part in, in both Howard and Strand and John Dory Sr., but um, for John, at this point, it was trying to give Mo the best life that he could. And we see that it shifts what he thinks that is, because originally he wants to keep her in the tower. And we don't realize why that is. And June doesn't realize why that is. But it's not until we realize that he, you know, had radiation exposure and was getting that same skin condition that Charlie was getting. And so he thought, well, the only way, you know, Mo can be protected and this doesn't happen to her is for her to stay here and not to leave. But he didn't want to tell June or anyone else what was happening to him. And so that's why it didn't make any sense to June. And she's all, no, he needs to go. He needs to go. But of course, that's when it shifts later on because John realizes that Strand isn't going to listen to him. Strand's just out for himself and he's not trying to make the place better for everybody. And so then that's when he realizes that baby Mo does need to go with Morgan and does need to be out of that um, environment there with Strand. When John realized that Strand wasn't going to change his mind and he pulled that gun and he pointed it at the back of his head, I thought he was going to shoot him. I really did. And I, (laughs) my mind started going to Strand's going to die. He's not going to exist anymore. Who's going to be the leader? What's going to happen? I mean, that's how far ahead and how quickly my mind was going. And then he just knocked him out. And I thought, wow, you really had the opportunity to kill him and you did it. Oh, my goodness. I know. What would we do without Strand? I mean, you even mentioned it last week about how crazy he is and how that is actually exciting for us to see because... You know, it it just brings so much to what we're watching. But uh, I thought it would have been so easy if you had just shot him in the back of the head and got rid of him. But I don't know. But then we wouldn't have a story, right? We'll have to wait until Alicia Alicia gets to him or Madison gets to him or somebody else. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think think it's kind of interesting that he didn't shoot him because he obviously wasn't thinking about the repercussions of his actions for everybody else, because if his mission is to get that kid out of there, what about the two women and anybody else who's loosely associated with those guys on the outside who are now living in that, the tower? So it kind of, it surprised me. I mean, that's a big gap in, in just the, I think the writing is really where it kind of felt. I don't know if the same writer or if they get a different writer for every episode or they have a team of writers that come up with the stuff. I'm not really sure how they yeah. work, but it just seemed like it was, not he wasn't really thinking beyond getting the baby out because now all those other guys are at risk right yeah. i mean so what if june is a nurse but everybody else is expendable so i just exactly. don't understand yeah that didn't make any sense and i didn't understand why they didn't leave with the baby 
That's what I said too. Yeah. And why they didn't take a gun and why they were not out there fighting off the dead as he's making his way through. I mean, it just didn't make any, it just, what a letdown. Yeah. Yeah. And then to have him chewed up and spit out by all those, you know, hungry. Oh yeah. um, That's yeah. And the baby, the baby didn't get injured at all. I mean, eh. That just doesn't make any... Oh, I'm listening Well, I think he had an Walkman. armor, armor so, on him. So, yeah. Well, he also had 10 people on him. Usually people go down when they have all those things on top of them. Yeah. He was so fighting through mo. them. I know. I, yes, Barely. Right. But he wasn't killing them as he was going. He was just walking and shoving them. That's all he was yeah. doing. He was not, right. like, engaging them to kill them. Yes. Is that because they were radiated? I don't know. I mean, he yeah. got close. Did it matter for him? It doesn't. But what about the baby? I thought the same thing. And I thought to myself, well, are they close enough? Is the baby going to get ready? Of course, I'm sure it's because he used that armor that he had. was walking through there. You know that that's where they're going with that or how that Yeah, but it's prevented. not lead. It's, but it's yeah. lead. At the dentist, it's lead. You get a vest of lead, not yeah. whatever that stuff was supposed to be. Steel or... Metal, I'm not sure. Iron is not lead, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know, but it did suck his death. It really <laughs> did. I was like, I thought you were the episode. <laughs> no, no. His death, it sucked because, well, for a bunch of reasons. One, yeah, I liked his character. Two, because here June has lost both the son, her husband, and the father, and they had become close. And I'm like, oh, man, she lost both Dory's. But I I mean, at least for him, he was going out how he wanted. He knew he was saving or he felt he was saving Mo or protecting her, saving her. And so that meant a lot to him. But I didn't like that he turns around and says, oh, Morgan, I'm going to give you a head start. I'm just going to go deep dive into these waters and let them eat me. I'm like, no, come on. Yes, I realized he was going to die anyways, but he could have like made noise, ran somewhere and said, hey, follow me. And then had them all follow him and then run off. I mean, I don't know. I mean, he was bit already. You don't let them chomp on you. That's a horrible death. So yeah, I felt sorry for him in that regard. So I'm glad we didn't hear him yelling or screaming or anything because that would have been that would have been heartbreaking. Well, so. there's always next episode. Always next episode. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> that took a little bit, didn't it? <laughs> it did. Oh, They're gonna open with that, probably. No. no. Oh, sure they will. They'll show him like they do. They show everybody once they've been bitten and well, then they not turn. The, not the good, not the good night that would be no they if they do that that's bad that's bad well i don't know they do that with people that are you know like powered and people like that but oh i don't know what about remember when oh maybe this was not fear this is walking the woman who had the son and it was with in rick's time frame and Uh she went off and she got eaten and then she came back and she was wandering around and she's she was one of the leaders. I forget her name. She was one of the leaders? Of the town or the city or the whatever, the group, the encampment that those guys had gone oh, to. Deanna? I think so. Yeah. She was she's an old 
actress. Yes. I mean, fit yes. around the block. Deanna, yeah, yeah. yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Remember, um, <laughs> now we're off on the other I show. I know, off topic. <laughs> hey, but it's that's, they showed her. They showed her and she was a good character. Yeah, so. yeah, but I wasn't like heartbroken. But you're right. You're right. They did. They did do it with her. They've done it with a few people, though. Some of the people, and you're like, oh, that's so-and-so. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, not on this show, maybe, but the other show. Oh, man. All right. I know. What about Strand? Oh, what about Strand? I I thought he really wasn't in the show a lot, so he didn't have a whole lot to say, but his presence was felt. When he was in the scene, he commanded the whole scene. And I just, I thought it was kind of interesting. I don't know if I'm getting ahead from what, um, where I wanted to go with this, but when he turned up the radio to say, I don't want them to hear me. And I was just like, oh, so he's actually going to flip and say something good. Not who cares that he's going to keep the kid up in his little apartment or the townhouse or the, the penthouse. Who cares? Right. Who cares that yeah. nobody can go see the baby? Oh, it's not her mother anyway. She's just a stand in or a fill in or whatever he said. Yeah. And I you know, I just I just thought why is this baby so important in the first place? I don't get that because it means something to everybody and yes, that's his it power does. over them. It does. But but it's yeah. you know the, above all, they just want to have a decent place to live and a safe place where they can do their thing and not be bothered and not have to look over the shoulder all the time. Yeah. They've been fighting, fighting, fighting to find a place to live and be and exist and coexist and mm-hmm. you know they keep hitting all these roadblocks and all these bad people. It's like, why? Why isn't anybody just trying to do good, you know? Yeah. Instead of be bad all the time, be on top, be in power, be whatever. I don't know. Because so, people what? do. People are that way. They I know, really but. Are. It's crazy. And that's the way Strand is being right now. and But right he now, was always yeah. that way, though. He was that way from day one. You knew where he was coming from. So this is not not surprising that he is this self-involved, you know, I'm better than right. everybody else. Yeah. And, he, and it showed his history way back when. It showed his history and why he is that way more so than, you know, maybe he would normally be if he hadn't gone through what he had gone through. So um, not that that's an excuse, but they should under, I mean, Alicia knows him good. She would be able to, you know, figure out where he's coming from, not just um, Daniel, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I, yeah, I think so too. I was thinking with the way he was acting and how power hungry he was and throwing everybody over the edge and even Howard throwing Howard over the edge. This is a guy you built this with. This is the guy that was next to you. It was just you two. And I don't know. I just feel like I know he's always been selfish. I, I realize he's always worried about himself. I mean, he did have that partner of his at the beginning. He did care about him. Yeah. And he did care about Madison. And he does, or I don't know if he still cares about Alicia. I don't know how he feels about her. I, I would think he still does. But I so he does, he does care about people. It's, but something, something shut off or something changed in him. And, and I always thought, well, he can redeem himself. And maybe with Mo, he can redeem himself. And I kept wondering and thinking that was going to happen. But now I don't know. I don't. I understand we have to see Strand this way, but the fact that he they just threw those people off, they were innocent people. And then, okay, wait, so were these people a part of a resistance? Why did they have all these walkies? 
because that was quite a few people having these walkies. Um, yeah, but this is but the resistance. So what have they done up to this po- point? Nothing. Exactly. So yeah. how are they a resistance? I don't know. Well, because right, he's paranoid. Right. Yeah. I, he's paranoid. Howard's an idiot. He's a yeah. paranoid jerk off too. But still, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't make sense because they don't resistance, but nothing's been done. Yeah. They well, don't have a re we don't even know the people who live there. We don't even see how they interact or any of the rules or any of this others. It's very, very ambiguous and very, very guarded and cloaked and everything else so we don't even know we see it over in um you know walking dead yeah yeah exactly in the we see it over there Uh uh-huh well but it should and maybe that's the problem is that the storylines are like parallel and yet they can't parallel them tight so that they can explain what they're talking about resistance Mm -hmm. you know well, I don't know if there's one. I'm just curious no, why so many people, why these few people have these walkies. I understand that Strand was being paranoid because he was poisoned by Morgan and now he doesn't trust people. But then what made them start checking people's items? And then why is it that all these people do have these walkies on them? Well, do they or were they planted too? Because when they're ripping open that mattress and then they dive in and pull out this walkie... Why is it buried underneath this? Why do they have to puncture the mattress in order to get the walkie out? That, <laughs> yeah, you're I, right. Obviously, yeah. they're not using it. So what the hell is going on? Because uh-huh. I think they've been planted and Howard is just, you know, I think Howard was planting stuff too. I think that'll come out because it, they were not easily accessible for these people at all. I know. So how, know. how are they using them? It's muddy. Very muddy. It is. Hmm. That's and I watched it twice too. So mm-hmm. I have to say, the second time it 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 went a little quicker, made a little bit more sense for me. Yeah. But it's yeah. I still had the same issues with what I've been talking about. Yeah. But I noticed the walkie thing, and I was like, they've got to take a knife to that mattress, slice it open, dig a little deeper, and boop, there it is. <laughs> like what? <laughs> Why yeah. didn't you just flip it over and pull it out from the other side? Yeah, I mean, you know, True. Mm-hmm. is that where it was, or was it buried deep in the mattress? So I just don't, I don't know, another bad, whoever the writer is, another bad thing. (laughs) You guys are not thinking. They just wanted to throw those people over that edge. And so they just kept doing that. And then, oh man, they've been doing that this whole season. And then three people here and then uh, Strand telling John (laughs) Dory to throw Howard (laughs) over. He says, or else I'm going to bring June and uh, Grace up here. And it's like, shoot. And what about Mo in the wheelchair, Mo? Right? Oh, Wendell. right? But doesn't he get, he's called Momo by what's her face? Yes, that's You know, the trucker chick. Yeah. Yeah, so that's why I was kind of confused. The baby's name is Mo too, and this guy is Mo. I well, mean, she calls confused. him Momo, but his name is Wendell. So yeah. Well, so yeah. Why don't they? I don't understand why they just don't make this more of a medieval torture. They're in the castle thing, and if you steal food or you steal something, you get tossed over the edge instead of this whole conspiracy. You know, they could play this so much better. Then, oh, the resistance. Really? Where's that? I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Where is it? You know? Yeah. I mean, come on. I, I don't know. Are they just trying to show us Strand's 
mindset of where he's at. Well, yeah, but he's not doing any of that. Okay, but why would he get rid of Howard? I don't understand that part. Did he really not trust him? And what did Howard do to make him not trust him? Because I'm thinking, this is the guy that will do anything for you and that is doing anything for you. Why would you jeopardize that relationship and have to start all over again? Well, because he wasn't a challenge. I think that he, so he walked in there and he told John, you can get rid of all of this stuff. It's all the history. It's all the stuff. When they first showed Strand in that place, he was talking about all the art and all that. We got this and this and this. And then here's this room, this historically significant items in the room of, of Howard, his apartment. And Strand's like, you could just get rid of all this stuff. So there's, there's something, they're not following what they set it all up to be because he wanted so it doesn't, that doesn't make any sense, no, but I think it doesn't. that Howard really didn't mean anything to Strand, maybe initially, because he got him to a certain place, but now he doesn't need him. Yeah. He wants somebody who's got balls and who can, you know, manipulate the situation, which, what's his face? John can do. Now he lost him. So then the other thing is, why the hell would he get on the, the get the antenna for me? Yes. Wes? Yes. So, we need good people. So why does he need good people? He wouldn't need good people if he wasn't throwing them all exactly. over the freaking wall. So exactly. it's like, is this just fodder? I mean, what is he trying to do? I am right there with you, Margaret. I was thinking the same thing. Like, why is he trying to get good people when he already had good people? Exactly. And then Wes, okay, Wes was making me mad. I'm like, what the hell, Wes? Ugh, you're bugging me. And then he and then he says... um, was it Strand that said, this is disappointing? And, and Wes is all, yeah, that's what people do, which is what they had talked about in the previous episode about people being disappointing. Yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah. you're disappointing me, Wes. Ugh. So we'll see where this all goes and who joins and who doesn't join and what ends up happening. But did he, was he attached to Charlie at all, Wes? I don't recall that. That's the thing, too. It's like, you know, June, you know, Grace. You yeah. know, Wendell, I don't know. Yeah. And those rangers, when they went down where they were all at after they packed up John Dory and sent him on his way and they're all standing there, none of them are armed. They're not trying to break out. And then the rangers come at gunpoint. Like that's supposed to be something. I don't know. You I know when, they, when they run out and they're all like, like, we got you. And I'm like, they weren't they're, going yeah, anywhere. They're just standing there. I <laughs> yeah, know that was pretty just lame. Standing there. Yeah, what do you? Yeah. What is that trying to show? Yeah, I don't know. I know. I don't know. It was I'm... disappointing for me. <laughs> well, it didn't really set anything up other than yeah. the baby got out of the tower. The baby Whoopee. did get out. The baby did get yeah, out. John, John had a whopping two two episodes this season. So, or this oh. part of the whatever. I guess the last thing I want to say about that episode before we get to who our award goes to was that when June and and John Dory were fighting those walkers, it was pretty intense. I thought June was going to get bit. I, I thought that's what they were leading up to. I think we need to see more walkers in Fear the Walking Dead. And like you said, be... Uh, be a little more speedy, a little more scary. I mean, yes, they're all bubbling and stuff, but that's not as scary as being eaten or being chased or being attacked by a walker. It really is. Right, right. The intensity is not there. It's not. But that little piece had some, I was like, oh my God, she's going to get bit. 
Oh, and, uh, so yeah, no. So you know when John whips out his gun and then somebody goes and grabs it and t- and he one loses of the walkers, it? yeah. Well, that I thought was a real person. The way that the action was happening with the grabbing the arm or whatever, going after the gun, like he knew what he was doing, and yeah. I thought that was completely incorrect for a Walker behavior. Yeah, that's all I have to say. <laughs> that's your other thought and tidbit. <laughs> that's my one thing. Yeah, I noticed that. So I noticed it the first time, and then I noticed it doubly uh, sharp the second time. And I was like, uh, well, is that actually a person? Like, is somebody dressed up and they're, you know, infiltrating mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. we've seen before? Yeah, like a whisper. Because it, it was too ju- deliberate. You should, I mean, did you notice that? It's well, very I noticed it hit his arm, but I didn't notice specifically what it did. Oh. Huh. Yeah. You have to go watch it a third time. All right. (laughs) Thank you. All right, Margaret. We are at our segment and the award goes to. So what was your favorite quote, character, or moment? The only thing that I really thought was kind of funny was clever funny or ironic funny was, you know, the volume on the record player playing the, the tune. I don't want anybody to hear me. And then he doesn't say anything that's like earth shattering at all. (laughs) It doesn't really matter anyway. And I don't really, I don't, it just, for me, it did not have the impact um, that it should have had given the histrionics and the drama that had been, you know, um, prior to him. Ooh, I'm going to keep the baby up there with me in the penthouse. I'm like, okay, go for it, bud. Let's see you deal with the kid when it's teething, okay? (laughs) With no help. Let's see what happens. (laughs) Changing diapers. Let's see what happens. So that's, I mean, that was kind of a funny, a funny thing. Other than that, I mean, I pretty much covered all the other stuff. It just was too slow, too slow for me as far as action, movement. Um, It was just... A lethargic episode, I thought. What stood out to you? What did you like the most? I liked John Dory Sr., of course. I have to give mm. him his moment. I liked when he tells Strand that the baby will never give you what you want. And Strand asks, you know, what is that? And he says, to love you, to look up to you, because the more you want, the more you're going to push and fight and drive the baby away. Mm -hmm. So I just thought it was cool that he said that to him. And also when he thanks June for reminding him that it's never too late, which is what John Dory Jr. kept saying right before he died because he remembered his father said it. So Mm. I love that they brought that back. So I thought that that was a good thing to grab hold on to and put in this episode. So... Yeah, I didn't make that connection. I mean, between, you know, the memory. Yeah. Well, because I really miss John Dory. Jr. I know he was a good he character. Was, yeah, he was my, my favorite yeah. Fear the Walking Dead character. So yeah. uh, I was heartbroken when he when he died. I was heartbroken when he died. So so I remember. I remember the moment when, and what he said about his father. And just too bad that they didn't reunite prior to death. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ay, ay, ay. Anyways. All right. So the next episode of Fear the Walking Dead, episode 13, is entitled The Raft. And we're going to see Morgan and Alicia plan their next steps. And Dwight and Sherry face the prospect of having to choose between their code and their safety. And Margaret, you'll be happy to know there's two storylines. So yay. Oh, good. <laughs> Thank God. 
Keep me guessing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That wraps up our conversation on Fear the Walking Dead. Tell me, what else, Margaret, are you currently watching? Well, I was pleasantly surprised because I grew up with Star Trek. And they've had so many spinoffs and so many movies and so many this and so many that. And I feel like it's really gotten away from the core of the purpose of the show, which was to seek out new worlds and civilizations to goldly, goldly, <laughs> boldly go where no man has gone before. So I was pleasantly surprised when I saw the ad for this on Paramount Plus for the Star Trek Strange New Worlds. And it's supposed, it's set, and I had to read the description because when it, when it opened, it showed the captain, grizzly looking old guy, and it, he looked so close to the guy, the, the Pike, Captain Pike, who was, um, you know, made a cameo, I guess, in the, in the original series. And he looked so similar. And I thought, oh, so it was kind of cool to have that recognition, even though this is a completely different actor. They found, and he's really a good actor, and he fit the bill, and the series pretty much takes place 10 years prior to the Star Trek from the 60s or 70s or whatever that came out. It's a little bit more in line with how they do stuff, so you don't have all these really whacked out storylines. They're just going, he's going, this this initial episode is just, his number one is captured by somebody, and they go out to find her. So they collect a team together and get into the into the Enterprise, and out they go. So you see everybody as a baby. So you see Uhura, you see, you know, the Doctor, McCoy, but it's not McCoy, it's it's a woman. So it's kind of interesting to see how they've filled these roles with other people with the names, the same names. So I thought it was pretty good. I liked it. I liked it a lot. And I'll probably, I'll probably watch it again um, because, and that's not usually what I do, but, um, so the other stuff, the other thing I saw, which was really kind of strange, I saw a couple movies, but this one was really, really surprisingly good. Um, it's called Hunter Hunter and it's about a family who is living off the grid. Literally it's present day. It's on, um, Hulu and it's just, there's a wolf that apparently had come because they live in one cabin in the wintertime and a different cabin like up the road five, six miles or something like that. It deep in the heart of a national forest. And so they're switching between and they're right before they're going to move up to their winter cabin. And this wolf apparently had been tracking them previously and had killed some things and had, you know, was scary, can kill you, attack you, eat you, whatever. So that's the hunter. They are the hunter hunter. So it's a husband, wife, and the daughter. And the wife is more of a city chick. So she's not, she's trying to be this, whereas the daughter is more following the father and she can shoot and she can, you know, um, dress a deer and all that kind of stuff. Break down a deer. So, yeah. Or any wildlife that they have, because that's what they eat. Um, so it's kind of interesting because it's, um, you think it's a wolf and then the daddy goes out to, to hunt down the wolf. So everybody is, feels safe and, <gasps> Things happen. It's a 90-minute movie, and um, it's just, it'll just turn you on your side. I mean, it's gross. It's cool. It's just really, it's unique. So I'd watch it again. I have seen this movie. Oh, you have? Yeah. Well, then you know what I'm talking about. I know it's what you're talking about. It's not a new movie. Yeah. yeah. Did that ending, did yes. you expect that ending? No. I, yeah, not, right? Yeah. I remember being surprised, shocked. I was like, what? Yeah. 
So yeah. that's what made me tune in because I was reading about it and something said, ooh, shocking ending. I'm like, I'm watching. Oh, really? <laughs> wow. Wow. I just I'm thought it tuning looked, in. It sounded interesting and it fit my time frame that I had to dedicate yeah. to a movie. Yeah. But so what is this outer range thing? Well, I had spoke about this before, but I wanted to give an update on it because it it the first season just uh we watched all of it. This is the one with um Josh Brolin. And um, it left uh, with me with a, on a cliffhanger. And I'm like, okay, what's going to happen now? So it better have a second season. Or I'm going to be upset. So it's a Western sci-fi. And mm. Royal Abbott uh, is trying to keep his family together. But there's all these secrets and repressions. And, you know, his, his family foundation is pretty fragile. And then he's confronted with that. This is the one with the black hole on his land with different oh, dimensions. Oh, yeah. Well, you just yeah. talked about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And yeah. so it's just gets wilder. That's all I got to say. It's so funny because you're so into, there's so much of the Western part of it. Like one of the sons is a rodeo. Clown. No, not a clown. <laughs> rodeo star. <laughs> rodeo clown. Rodeo. He's really good, you know, riding a bull. Yeah. And, and yeah. so they show that. He's a cowboy. Yeah, he's a cowboy. So that's part of it, right? But then you have all this weird stuff happening over here. Oh. So it's um, quite intriguing. It's half Western, half sci-fi. So. so, but it's on... Prime. It's on Prime, but I was bringing mm -hmm. it up because I just finished it because we were watching two episodes every, um, I believe they released two episodes every week. So. Oh, wow. We finished it. So it was good. And then I had talked last week about Shining Girls on Apple yeah, TV. Yeah, I saw that. I saw it. I'm, a, I'm, I'm up to date. You are? Well, are you further ahead than me? Because I think I'm only on three or four. I'm not really <gasps> sure. But I am um, further ahead than you. you might I'm on be. Five. There's only six, I think. Oh, right? you're there's that far six. ahead? No, no, oh no. There's goodness. only six episodes total or seven <gasps> or something like that. And I'm one short, so. Oh, man. Well, you're ahead of me. But um, it was, I. It, it was weird. Yeah. But it, yeah, I felt like each episode got better and better. And you're like, what it is did. happening? And I think Jamie Bell plays the creepiest guy yeah i'm like oh my god he's just got this confidence of not being afraid of whatever he's doing and that's just scary in itself like when he was in the house i don't want to give too much away for people that are going to watch it but when he was in the house the the journalist's uh house with the and he hears the sun come down and instead mm. of like running out because you think you're going to yeah. get caught, yeah. he stands there like I'm going to yeah. confront him. And I'm like, oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. So it, it's things like that. He's just, I don't know. He's pretty creepy. He's pretty I don't. But do you understand? So I don't understand how he, it's almost like he's psychic and he knows yeah. what's, and, and they haven't taught, they haven't really no. touched that at all. And so it's That's, really kind of a weird thing. Yes, I agree. I kept wondering this. Or he... I think I read something like, okay, this is does not appear to be a sci-fi as far as we know, but I'm yeah. thinking, is he time traveling? Because how do right, you get pictures right. of that girl in current time? And she kept freaking out. She kept, this girl, just so people out there can understand, this girl finds pictures of her, uh, Polaroids of her, but it almost looks like it's just been taken. Yet, how are they put? throughout her house 
as she's walking through her house and she's freaking yeah. out because yeah. she's looking around like, how is this happening? And I yeah. kept thinking the same. How is that happening? So something freaky is going on. But like uh, watching it so far, it doesn't appear that there's any time travel or or weirdness about it. But there has to be. It, I don't have another solution as to why this creepy character um, yeah. has this information or has this knowledge. Or why he doesn't seem to age because time has passed. Or it's somebody else, his father or brother or somebody who's doing it. He's just continuing the yeah. legacy. Yeah. I mean, I, cause it doesn't, it's so, I just thought of that. I, um, it's interesting because you're not as far as I am and it doesn't get any clearer. And the uh, other thing with yeah. her doesn't get any clearer either. So she's bouncing around too. Yeah. Between different, you had said this, yes. but it didn't, it wasn't obvious. Um, that, you know, she'd have different hair color, different. And so you kind of knew she was going back in time or going forward in time or whatever. And it opens with her as a little girl talking yeah. to this guy. Mm-hmm. And the only thing she's, she's an auditory person. So she recognizes his voice. She doesn't remember who he looks or wh- what he looks like. She just, as a little girl, he just, she just remembers the voice. So I thought it was kind of interesting how they linked it together. It is based on a book. I might read the book just yeah. to fill in some of these gaps, just to kind of get some resolution because there just isn't any. Yeah. You know, the other thing I thought about too was how did he not know there was a survivor? Because you right. think he'd be reading well, about his, yep. you know, what, because that's what they do, right? They go read yeah. about themselves because they want to, you know, yeah. know how great yeah. they are and what they accomplish. So well, that's I don't their, know. Yeah, their whole thing. Yeah. But as you can see, we are both liking Shining Girls on Apple TV. So give it a shot. It's just, uh, it's very, very intriguing. I, I really mm-hmm. liked it. Okay. But I have to share with you, I saw Metal lords on netflix it was on mother's day i normally don't watch movies on mother's day or in the morning but i was sitting there and i thought you know i really want to watch something i want to really want to watch a movie and i had read this the night before and i thought oh it has to do with metal music like kids young teens wanting to be in a band. I'm like, I've got to watch it. I've got to. So the next morning I was going through Netflix and I saw it. I'm like, I'm watching it. So it's written by D.B. Weiss, who does Game of Thrones or did Game of Thrones, same um, showrunners. So I thought that was interesting. And so it's a teen comedy drama about two teens, Kevin, played by Jaden Martell and Hunter, played by Adrian Greensmith, who don't fit end and form a metal band and need to find a bass player and enter battle of the bands okay this is just so me you guys so me i love this stuff and i thought it was perfect (laughs) casting for these two leads i love the movie i was in a short-lived band when i was a young teen and then my sons played so i gravitate to anything that has to do with a band or music it's really fun i enjoyed the actors and their portrayals and the kid that played Hunter is brand new to acting. I, and I'm, I'm shocked because he's really, really good at it. So um, they just found him somewhere and he's just a really good, <laughs> he's a really good actor and he plays the guitar really good. And it's just a fun movie. And I really, I can't recommend it enough. It just really hit me in the right, in the right way. So 
I recommend Metal Lords on Netflix. All right, Margaret. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Margaret, for joining me and hanging out with me and for your recommendations. Are you welcome? It's my pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's our show. Thanks for tuning in. We are grateful you tuned in and we hope something we said today resonated with you, gave you a chuckle, some happiness, some positivity or inspiration. Please go to screensinfocus.com. You can connect with me there and tell a friend. We would love more members of our TV club. Next show will be on Fear the Walking Dead, Season 7, Episode 13. See you next time. Bye. Bye.